Hi all and welcome back to another episode of Unlocking Business Potential, your business and advisory podcast backed by BDO Tadanaki. I'm Kelsey and joined with me as always is Melissa. Hello. And we're really excited to bring to you today a collaboration effort with us here at BDO and then the amazing people at TMNZ. Now we've got joining us from TMNZ, we've got Clyden and we've got Kathleen. Hi everyone, thanks for having us. So going through this podcast, they'll be able to give us a little bit more detail as to what TMNZ is and what their role is within the business environment. But I guess let's start off with that. Let's have a look at what is TMNZ and what do you do? Great. Well, thank you. It's a good question and thank you for asking it. Um, Right. So what is TMNZ? TMNZ stands for Tax Management New Zealand. Um, And in a nutshell, to answer the question directly, we're a tax pooling intermediary, right? That is what we are. Tax pooling uh, is a part of the the tax system that allows taxpayers to essentially transfer income tax credits between each other. So, um, you know, suppose I'm kind of rambling a bit here and getting kind of off what it is. Do you want to put it in a nutshell? uh, (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So if you've got taxpayers who've short paid their tax and taxpayers have overpaid their tax, they can actually buy tax off each other. But instead of having to deal with each other, they do it through us being the intermediary. And the whole purpose of that is to correct that position before you finalise it with IRG. And it allows them to save on their interest costs and hopefully eliminate those pesky late payment penalties. Before we get stuck in, I just wanted to throw in our usual disclaimer that the information contained in this podcast is general in nature and is no substitute for tailored advice specific to your particular circumstances. If you do need advice, make sure to touch base with your usual advisor or touch base with us, melancal at bdo.co.nz. Let's talk about a hypothetical example. So, you know, Kelsey, say you're a business owner and so am I, or we're businesses. We, uh, and we're profitable, therefore we're paying tax. The thing that we have in common, uh, depending on our financial year end, is that we pay tax to IRD at likely the same dates. Now, what happens if you pay too much and I pay too little? Um, You would expect that I would suffer a consequence from IRD for paying too little, being penalties and or interest costs as well. But if you take a step back and look at the situation as a whole, you've got two businesses, one that's paid too much, one that's paid too little at the same date. Therefore, the right amount of tax between us has actually been paid at the same date. It's just currently with the wrong taxpayer, so to speak. So Kelsey, you've paid too much, I've paid too little. Tax pooling essentially is a way to balance the overpayer yourself with myself as the underpayer so that the underpayer doesn't uh, face the same sort of consequences that... um, that they would normally face and you as the overpayer can get more benefit than you normally would get for overpaying your tax. So tax pooling, uh, as us as an intermediary, we seek to be that middleman that creates a balance between those two, um, those two businesses. That's perfect and really easy to understand with that analogy as well. So I think overall IRG is getting what they want, but we're also avoiding paying things like late payment penalties and significantly higher interest rates as well. Is that right? Yeah, correct. It's essentially um, an area where there's a win for everyone involved, a win for the overpayer because you get benefit for your overpayment, a win for the underpayer, you're not suffering as much for underpaying, <laughs> and a win for IRD because they're getting the right amount of tax at the, the right time. Now, what's really important to to be aware of is the way in which 
um, our service has morphed over time. As you'd expect, over 20 years, things don't stay the same, right? Mm -hmm. As yeah. you would have seen in your industry as well, um, with the rise in technology and all those sort of things. Um, for us, we uh, because we're written into tax legislation and we're part of the, the tax system, uh, the way in which the rules um, have changed over those 20 years have definitely become more favorable to taxpayers, which is a great thing. That's really good, of course. Um, but what it's meant is that we've had to adapt to the environment and change. And the way we're used now uh, primarily is, uh, you know, SME businesses get a lot of benefit through being able to pay their tax when they choose using a tax pooling intermediary like ourselves. Um, and a lot of the benefit is the flexibility we can give a business uh, in how they choose to pay their provisional tax. And if you think about, you know, some things that taxpayers are looking for out there when you're in business, it's helping with your cash flow as well and other sources of working capital because, let's face it, banks are not going to lend you to pay your tax. Um, and you can draw on your overdraft and things like that, but it's quite a costly rate. Mm -hmm. So, you know, our interest rates are always going to be capped at IRG rates because otherwise we wouldn't be in business. There's no benefit. Um, so that's really good from a sense of a, a client's point of view. If you're a taxpayer out there that hasn't got enough cash right at this point in time, or you have, but you've got another use for it in the business, then we're just another source of capital that means you can use us to pay your tax and take care of your operational expenses with your other cash um, facilities. So like when we think about tax pooling as a whole, I know you've broached on a little bit as to how it how it works, but are there different sorts of ways that you can be using tax pooling or is it just for buying our tax that we've haven't paid at the time it was due? Yeah, look, there's certainly a number of ways in which you can use uh, the service to suit the profile of business. Kathleen, do you want to yeah. So we, we've talked about the buying of tax if you've got a short payment or you want to defer a payment. But there's also for those that have actually got the cash, but they want more flexibility and control over their tax payments. They can actually pay that to us instead of to IRD. So they make an on-time payment. Your prof tax is due for 7th of May. You pay us instead of paying IRD. You hold that tax in the pool and it's actually held in an IRD account. So it's not like it's sitting, earning some interest somewhere in a term deposit. It's actually sitting in an IRD account. Um, and it stays there until you finish your tax return. You work with the likes of yourselves to get the tax return position finalised. And then you only transfer across to IRD the tax that you actually need. It kind of works in that, say during the year, I've put all this tax in and then I go, actually, I need some cash out now. Um, or my position has changed, I don't need to have paid as much tax. Mm. You don't have to go through filing estimates and things like that with IDEA or wait until you file a return. You can actually just say, to us, look, I need to get it out now. We've got, you know, some AML requirements, but in the whole, we can get that out within three to five days. That is super helpful for a company that suddenly has a change in positions. So it gives you that yeah. flexibility. Yeah, and where that really came through was, um, dare, dare I mention the word COVID and going back to, <laughs> you know, to March 2020, there were uh, a number of businesses who had deposited their tax, uh, as Kathleen was referring to, an on-time tax payment to our tax pool instead of IRD. Um, and what it meant is that when the situation in the real world changed quite dramatically, they were able to draw on those funds to support them during a time where their business was considered to be in a significant downturn. Um, if they had paid those funds to IRD, you're not seeing that again until the returns filed. Mm. You've waited whatever the processing time is. And if you're a company, you know, your imputation credits are uh, satisfied. So it's a real administrative nightmare, of course. 
but um, we were able to get it out quite quickly. But you know, by and large, the significant um, where our, our you know a lot of our value comes through is helping those SME businesses pay tax when they choose to. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they pay early, mm-hmm. sometimes they pay late. Uh, part when I say pay late, I mean when you know past the date it's actually due. Um, but it's not a not a concern. The actual due date itself is completely alleviated. Yeah, and I think to help people understand it, because people go, I don't, I don't really get it. You know, I've paid you this money, but I don't understand how it can go back in time. And I think that's quite a hard concept for most people. But if we tell you that when when the tax is originally put into the pool by someone who pays on time or a funder, whoever, if it's paid in, into the pool on a date, at a tax date, it's got a date stamp on it. Mm-hmm. And that date stamp travels through with that, that tax. So if you go and buy that tax, it's got that date stamp on it. So if I go and buy tax now for 28 August last year, it's date stamped with that tax, or that date on it. And then when I actually finish paying it to the pool, will then transfer it across to ID on that taxpayer's behalf when they tell us to. At that point, ID look at it and go, oh, you've got that date stamp, and it matches back to 28th of August. Right, we'll treat it as being paid on that date. So that's, I think it's really yeah. helpful for people to understand yeah. it because yeah. they go, I don't get it. I don't get how you can do that. <laughs> yeah, it's like time-traveling money, right? That's yeah. the concept. <laughs> but yeah. the, the reality is actually quite boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, it's money that's suddenly uh, that it's paid. It's just sitting with. In the analogy I used earlier, it's sitting with you, Kelsey, not me. Yeah. And uh, myself might signal to the tax pool, I need this money, and then the transfer can be made. So I guess the question for that and people wanting to access these funds would be: Is there a limit to what's available for use in for tax pooling, or is there? plenty of money out there there is <laughs> to, to, to answer directly there's plenty of money out there so we haven't had a single uh you know a transaction that we couldn't fulfill in the 20 years of our existence and for the uh, current years that we're trying to do i guess we should put it that way yeah 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 there's the black and white yeah for the current the current yeah. year that we're trying to do so 2023 but, um, 24 we got plenty of tax there to cover that because yeah. you know those are the years that we're we're in and we forecast what tax we think might be there mm-hmm. um, and be required. And so we make sure we've got money at each of the dates that it would come in. And if you think about, you know, can I buy a dollar? Yes, you can. Um, <laughs> you know, we had people do that when we had that sort of rule where safe harbour with those are under 60K, you know, when they got thrown out of it because they didn't pay by a dollar, people came and bought a dollar of us and fixed it up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, legislation has been fixed since then. But you can buy up to 70 million. You know, we've had those sort of purchases as well. So there is no set amount. There is no set limit on it. Um, so there's the spectrum. One dollar for seventy million dollars, yeah. right? If you fall in between, you'll be okay. Yeah, it's going to cover a lot of businesses in New Zealand <laughs> in that range. Um, so you've talked about how tax pooling can be used to give people more time to pay their tax. Mm. What sort of timeframes are we saying that we can give people over and above those fixed dates and legislation for tax payments? Yeah. yeah. yeah so, so do you want to? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a really good question because it comes back to when you're actually buying the tax. So if you're buying it at, say, P1, mm-hmm. um, you've got basically 22 months that you could pay that over. If you're buying at P3, you've probably got about three months. Um, depends on what balance date you've got as well. But effectively, there's a legislative um, rule in there that says that you've, you've got an extra 75 days from what you normally have with IRD to pay that tax. But if you're counting that from P1 
to your terminal tax date, so that last date that you've got to pay ID, typically 7th of April for a May balance mm-hmm. date, then you've got all that time to do it. So that's a long period of time when normally you would have been paying it back in August. And I'm just going to put a note, oh, that's the listeners, for anyone not familiar with P1, P3 and that oh, sort yeah. of thing. <laughs> your first, yeah. second and third provisional tax date, P1, yeah. P2 and P3, sorry. Like, you fall yeah, back the, into the old thing of what's familiar, right? But yeah. you make it plain language, good call. Yeah, the first date you pay your, your tax towards the end of your bill, the third date, as we talked about, typically yeah. it's three. So um, that's what Kathleen is referring to. And some of you will be, you know, registered for GST and be paying six monthly, so you'll be making two payments during the year so it just depends when you're buying but you can have that whole variation which is super helpful if you can stretch it out for that period of time if that's what yeah. you need and I mean we we see businesses from all walks of life right so yeah. there, there's businesses and, and this is very viable uh, many businesses will use their tax liability as a form of working capital right because the question mm-hmm. I ask um, uh, any business owner is are you, uh, do you have a funder that you use to, um, you know, for business activity, do you borrow? Do you have a funder that you may use to, you know, support what you're doing as a business? But do you pay your tax on time, right? And if the answer is yes to both those questions, well, why are you not uh, using your tax liability as a viable form of working capital? By that, I mean, why are you paying your tax on time when in actual fact you can defer it to a future date, uh, and get the benefit of the, um, the the whatever the percentages of of deferring that tax, mm-hmm. which means you don't have to borrow at likely a higher mm-hmm. uh, a higher rate from an external funder, right? Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. think about the seventh of May that just happened. I can tell you, there's a large number of businesses I've worked with who have said, "Well, I'll pay this in June next year." So to mm-hmm. answer your question, that's a 13 month uh, deferral. Mm-hmm. But what it meant is they have the benefit of using the funds they otherwise would have paid to their tax liability on the 7th of May to use in the business. Mm. But, um, you know, as long as you're using the money for for business activity, there's a return on the investment that outweighs the cost to borrow, then why wouldn't you do it? Well, in that circumstance, you could buy stock and sell that three times over within that 13-month period. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing is think about when your GST is due, because quite often it's due at the same time you've got mm-hmm. a tax payment. Talk about 15 Jan. Um, that you know, your second payment of, of tax is due, that's often around the same time you've got a reasonable GST payment due as well. Mm-hmm. And so people say, well, you know, what can I do with that? Well, they can actually defer that tax payment and manage their GST payment. Yeah. So good mm. options. Absolutely. That sounds like really good options to make life a lot easier for yeah. all the business owners, yeah. which is yeah. the key thing. So it seems like we've done a lot about how tax pooling is and how you guys operate in that, but it'd be really good to know some more detail just about how TMNZ is different from any other providers that might be out there and kind of what are your ethos and whatnot around the businesses itself. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, look, in, in terms of our points of difference, as I mentioned, we, uh, we've been around for 20 years. In fact, we actually uh, pioneered the idea uh, through our founder, uh, Ian, Ian Cooperus, who um, essentially uh, came up with, with tax pooling as a concept and then worked with IRD to get that into, um, into legislation. But that is a long, long time ago. Today, we're the largest tax pool in this country by a long way. So to give you some objectivity around that, um, you can measure your strength in the industry by the size of the amount of funds that you have in your tax pool. And, and just last year, we hit the $10 billion mark in terms of funds. Now, what that means is, you know, funds available to supply to, um, you know, taxpayers who needs it. So, um, you know, that is a, a point of difference, but also when it comes to expertise. So 
when you're dealing with a tax solution or tax in general, uh, it comes with a layer of, um, I guess, complexity or a layer of something that, you know, not as straightforward as, you know, um, other things out there. So, you know, we carry a, a, a fair amount of expertise uh, in our business as well to, to help um, clients that we work with. Yeah, and, and that comes across a few different spectrums. You know, like people, the provisional tax rules were sort of changed a few years ago to kind of make them simpler, but it actually made them a bit more complex in terms of how you get them working properly. And as advisors, you know, you guys would be well versed in, you know, trying to work your way through those. And for clients, that becomes really confusing about how do you calculate it, what am I doing, or can you just tell me the amount to pay and I'll just pay it, which is often the case. So for us, you know, we sort of sit not only as an intermediary in terms of the money flow and everything that's happening in there, but also between yourselves and your clients to sort of help coach firms in that about how they can use tax pooling in the best way. What is, if there's a tricky tax question in that for imputation credits, for instance, there's things that we can help people work through the issues that they face when dealing with any tax obligation. Mm -hmm. We've just got our specialty area here. And we have have, um, teams based across the country uh, in all all major centres and, um, uh, you know, a a point that does differentiate as well as... uh, our, um, we're, we're a for-purpose business, so we're quite um, heavily invested in our philanthropic purpose. So all our profits go back to to charitable initiatives, which is you know pretty, pretty cool. really cool. I mean, to, again, objectivity. You know, you might notice I like putting figures on things. Uh, just in the last financial year, there was almost ten million dollars back to our charitable uh, partner, the Fapatuku Aotearoa Foundation, mm-hmm. who worked to get better environmental and social outcomes in New Zealand. So. It's really, you know, quite a cool thing to be a part of and mm-hmm. working towards. And it's such a cool thing to think that, you know, people, nobody really loves paying their tax, <laughs> but how in some ways by using tax pooling, your tax dollars are also coming back around to help the community in other ways rather than just the government tax initiatives that they're using with those tax dollars. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah like primarily we're looking to solve a business problem and to, to help a business deal with a real-world tax problem that they have. Yeah. Um, but the benefit of that, the the outcome of it, means that we get to, to do mm. really good things in New Zealand and we get to see firsthand uh, the things that we do, which are, are really quite um, amazing. And on top of that, you think about the work that we're doing to pioneer the use of technology in our industry and making that, you know, um, work in a way with the other, I suppose, if you think about tax software suppliers, mm-hmm. we all kind of need to think about how we work together. And we do a lot with IRD as well to sort of have some kind of cohesive, uh, those are the right words to be using, Kathleen. Yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, really, we just want to make things talk to each other. I mean, if we can get information into systems that reduce the amount of work that, you know, everyone else has to do to put numbers in and that and get it accurate, that's yeah. got to be a win for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's the kind of initiatives that we are working on. And we, you know, we meet regularly with IID to work out how we can do things um, better and faster with them. And we have a dedicated tax pooling team that we, you know, work with all the time at IID. So that allows us to, you know, problem solve with things sometimes. You know, not everything's perfect. Sometimes things go a bit astray. We've got a direct line there so we can get in and get that sorted. Um, and, yeah, it's yeah. just... Shout out to that team. We like yeah, that team. <laughs> yeah, they're really awesome. So there's a lot of um, ways that we interact with the full, what we call a tax ecosystem, but everyone who's involved in that tax, you know, um, position that you go, you start with your taxpayer themselves, who we sometimes have direct contact with, mm-hmm. or through to the firms like yourselves, you know, where you're trusted advisors and giving them really good information and guidance on how to meet their tax liabilities. We have us sort of doing that middle section of it, and then we've got the IID doing the final bit, where you 
clear out their tax and make the client feel really comfortable because they've now got their tax liability met, use of money, interest and penalties gone, and they've paid you know, a small amount or no interest um, along the way. So then if we dive into both you two individually, so what makes up a day-to-day when in your roles at TMNZ? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think we spend a lot of, it's a very diverse role, which is what I love about it. Um, I get to spend a lot of time actually developing client relationships. So that's either directly with um, taxpayers or through firms. Um, so I really like that part of it. It's meeting, greeting people and understanding. Every time, I think every time you're meeting, you get something more out of it about understanding a business, um, understanding how things work for them, the issues that they're facing, because we want to be real world and, and what we're offering out there. So that's really helpful. Um, the next part of my world is the tax technical bit. So pooling works within a certain part of legislation. So I'm up to play with that and I'm watching for any changes. And I go out and we all have an aspect of training in our job. So we go out and train firms and clients on how to use tax pooling better, how to understand the use of money interest rules, for instance. What is tax pooling? So the kind of things that we're doing today. So, you know, an education piece out there to make sure people can avail themselves of the service you don't know what it is you're not going to use it Mm -hmm. you know how to access it so that's another part and then of course we've got staff under us so you know um both Clyde and I lead teams of client relationship managers who are walking the talk out there and personally assisting people so it's it's quite um a varied role but Mm -hmm. one which I actually love Mm -hmm. um I might just say me too (laughs) 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 no I mean look um I'm a I'm a I'm a um uh strategic and sales director so um my role is is like kathleen talked about to to obviously keep my um finger on the pulse of what's happening in our industry i've worked very closely with accounting firms actually most of my life um i have a background starting at at ird many many years ago and moved through to a commercial path of uh managing a business um out there as well and uh now i've been teaming it for about five years but uh i've really got a keep a close eye on uh, what's happening out in the tax world. So understanding what might impact our business. How do we best service um, clients that we work with? Thinking about our end taxpayers primarily, our um, channel to those taxpayers is majority through accounting firms like yourselves, right? And um, we need to be supporting everyone as well as we can along the way so that the value that we bring is clearly articulated. We're well aware of the challenge that we have and that we operate in a space that is, is not as straightforward as other things may be. So there's an element of complexity which we need to navigate through. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think I've veered away from what <laughs> answering your question. My day-to-day job really is a lot of um, uh, thinking about our strategy, working with the team, making sure they're well-motivated, as well as working with accounting firms and, and direct um, clients. And I think there's another aspect to it too, because, you know, we, we rely heavily on the technology that we operate within. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're looking at that and we use it ourselves so that we're hands-on and know what's going on with it. But we also problem-solve for our clients if they find that, you know, they we think it's reasonably intuitive, but some people, you know, get in there and go, oh, I don't like this, I don't like technology, I'm not embracing it. We lead people through that and help them to get to the other end of it. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And if we see things happening in it, we think, oh, 
client told us that they don't really like this bit of it or they've got this really exciting idea about how we could do something better then we take that internally to our tech team and say you know that this is our client experience they've come up with this really awesome idea can we do that because mm. we get kind of excited about it we, <laughs> we get the slowdown from the tech team of course because you know we're adding to their workload but um, yeah. you know we're always trying to develop and, and change our technology up cool. um, so you know it keeps progressing yeah. people's use easily and we drink a lot of coffee on the way as well <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Absolutely. We thank you so much for coming in today. So I guess the last question would just be around how would someone access TMNZ? Is it directly to through to you guys or would you recommend going through an accountant or intermediary like us? Lots of choices, but you know, one of the easiest way definitely if you've got an accountant, um, get them to sign you up. That makes super, life super easy for you. But if you're one of these people that just likes to get on and do the job, then you can actually just go onto our website, so tmz.co.nz, really simple, um, and register on there. And all you're asked to do is put in your name and email so that we know who we're dealing with, and then add your business details. So it's there's only a few steps to go through, and you're on. And then you can obviously, we've got a great support team. Um, so there's an 0800 number you can ring. But our best way, I think, that you get the most value out of it is working through your accountant. Because, you know, you know all the rules that go around all of this stuff. Mm. So uh, we always find that people who go through an advisor are uh, getting the most out of tax pooling. And then, you know, we'll, we'll work hand in hand with those advisors to make sure they're doing the right things. And I think that, that you've just nailed it on the head there with it's when we're all working together yeah. with the client, with yourselves and with the advisor, that everyone's on the same page. We're all working towards the same goal with the same information. So that's yeah. when you get yeah. the win. And I think it's probably one thing we've missed out on when we're having this conversation, and that's um, people who've got a reassessment. Now people can go, I don't know what that is. But you file a return, like a GST return, you found a mistake in it, so you fess up to IRD and suddenly you've got a little bit more tax to pay, but you've done the right thing because um, you told them that you've you know got this little error in there we can help you pay that extra tax um, and get rid of the penalties and interest that might be on there. So that's just a little bit of added bonus that's on the you know service delivery that we've got in there that's useful to a lot of people. So available for more than just income tax? It's yeah. when there's any reassessment for any tax type. So it's any tax type other than what we call your social taxes. So all your business taxes are covered, like your resident withholding tax, your POI, FBT, GST, all those you know common taxes that we pay as a business. Yep. Um, they cover them there. Fantastic. So we put you back. Awesome little nugget. I like that. We've got you back. So yeah. thanks. Thank you very much again for coming in. It's been awesome to chat with you and I hope that everyone's got some really good value out of this. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Perfect. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unlocking Business Potential. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to head along to your favourite podcast app and like, rate and subscribe so that you can receive notifications on when the next episodes are released. And if you do have any questions for either myself or Melissa, or are in need of tailored advice, please do not hesitate to contact us at melancal at bdo.co.nz. And we look forward to joining you next time on Unlocking Business Potential, your business and advisory podcast backed by BDO Taranaki.